2 Corinthians chapter 3, if you can turn in your Bibles there. And, and as I read this, um, think with me, what is God saying about seeing his glory? Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you glorify yourself this morning. I pray that you open our eyes to see the beauty in your word, to see your beauty. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids end up becoming like their parents, don't they? Even though that might not be what our kids or what we as parents really want. We see this in both ourselves and our kids. I often say, if you want to get to know someone, hang out with their kids for a little bit. The, the mannerisms that my kids make, the little frustrations, the little noises, I'm like, oh, I see that's coming from me. 
And they only seem to pick up the bad traits and not the good ones. <laughs> now, some of the stuff that my kids do, I'm like, where'd, where'd you get that from? That's not me. So if you see them doing something really crazy, that wasn't me. Okay. But I also see it in myself, the way I'll make a joke or say something. I, I hear my dad. And Progressive Insurance had a whole ad campaign based on that concept, right? Like training people to not become their parents. There's, it's, it's, this is such a pervasive thing in our society. Why? Watching them. We're around our parents. Our kids are around us so much. Kids learn through observation, through that osmosis of being around more than they do from us telling them what to do. So here's the point. We become like the things we spend the most time around. You see this in cliques in high school, kids all hanging around together and saying the same things, using the same language. We see this all over. We become like what we spend time around. So the point in this text, looking, really we're going to focus in on verse 18. And the, the point is that we become what we behold. The more we see Jesus, the more we will become like him. The context here in, in the whole chapter, and really this section in 1 Corinthians, is Paul is defending his ministry. Apparently, there's people who were questioning the legitimacy of Paul's ministry. That's why Paul, in the beginning here, he says, do we need a letter of recommendation from you? People carried these letters to show their legitimacy, and they're questioning Paul. He doesn't have this letter. We have these letters. We're more legitimate. What does Paul say? He doesn't need a letter why? Because of the changed lives that his ministry produces. Look at verse 3. You show that you are a letter from Christ delivered to us, written not with ink, but the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human's heart. They are his letter. Their changed lives from seeing the gospel are the letter. That's going to be important later. So, in this section, in chapter 3, Paul is defending his ministry in, in two main ways. He's defending the content that the new covenant that Paul preaches comes in glory. And he's defending the effect, the new covenant glory. This gospel message changes. It affects people. It changes people. And so that's really going to be the, the two points that we're going we're gonna to look at. Contact, content, and effect. And my points aren't very creative here. They just kind of come from the text. Beholding the glory of God revealed in Jesus, we are changed into the image of Christ. So let's, let's look at seeing Jesus. Now, the first thing um, I want to show is that we, we have a sight problem. Our main problem is that we don't see. You guys remember, you ever seen those brain teasers, um, like the blue gold dress thing, and, and you're looking at it and some people are like blue, they only see the blue dress, and others only see gold. And, you know, maybe there's like the rabbit or the face, there's these different things. Two people can look at the same thing and see something different. And you can't like, you can't, no matter how hard you try, you can't unsee the other thing. Maybe eventually you see it and then you can't go back to seeing the other one. You're, you're stuck. Two people can see the same thing and yet still see something different. Our natural state is blind to the glory of God. We do not see God's glory naturally. Look at, look at verse 14. But their minds were hardened, for to this day when they read the Old Covenant, 
that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ, only through Christ is it taken away. Look again in chapter 4, just a couple verses later. He makes this even more clear. Verse 3, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. This, it's veiled. They're not seeing it. In their case, the God of this world has blinded their minds. We have a sight problem. We have a sight problem. This was true of the physical Jesus. The physical Jesus when he was here and walked among us. John 1.14, he says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son of the father. But think about that for a second. Not everyone looked at Jesus and saw glory. Some people saw just another man. They heard the same words. They saw the same actions. They saw the miracles. And that they looked at it and said, I don't see anything special. And others looked at it, the same thing. And they said, glory, the son of God, glory. Why? They're blind to seeing that glory. The problem is that we don't see reality. The glory is there. The glory is here in Jesus, but we are blind to seeing the reality. To become a Christian then is to see glory, to have that sight problem removed. Again, verse 14, only through Christ is it the veil taken away. If our default state is blindness, we can't see God's glory, we can't see the reality that is there, then becoming a Christian, having the veil removed, is seeing glory. Now, what, what is the glory that we see? What, what, what is it? What, what is that glory? Paul is talking about here the gospel message that he preaches. He's saying the new covenant, and it comes in the fullness of glory, which is found in Jesus. He makes this point in the text really clearly with this contrast between letter and spirit. He's contrasting the letter and the spirit. Look at verse 6. Who God has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. He goes on to build this contrast through the rest of the text. What, what is he talking about here? Well, the letter represents Moses and the law. He, he says on tablets of stone, right? So, so there's an outward aspect of the letter versus the spirit, which is written on our hearts. So there's a contrast between outward and inward. Outward conformance to rules versus an inward change. Either we are outwardly trying to make ourselves okay before God. We're trying to do enough. We're trying to be enough. We're trying to be okay. Or there's been an inward change. Paul says this outward conformance to rules only leads to death and condemnation. But the good news is, the good news is that you are not enough. You are not enough. Only through Christ is the veil removed. Look at verse 5. He, he says that about himself here. He says, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Being a Christian then is having your eyes open to the truth of the gospel 
and seeing beauty, seeing glory. It's not me. Look, look at who takes away the veil. You cannot take away the veil. The veil is, is removed. The veil is taken away. Do you see the glory in that? If I can, if I can take the veil away by my own logic and reasoning and, and thinking or by my own outward conformance, I've done these things, then maybe I can put the veil back on. But if Christ removes the veil by awakening my eyes to see glory through his spirit, that's permanent. That's permanent. There's beauty in what God has done. I want to press into this a little further. Seeing glory means seeing that beauty, seeing the true value. Again, if, if two people see the same thing, see, seeing the Bible, seeing the gospel message, seeing the Jesus walk on earth, and one says glory, and the other says, meh, what's the difference? The difference is in the value that they are seeing. Think of like uh, a, a famous painter. I, I don't know much about artwork, I'll, I'll confess. So I could go to a yard sale and I could see, you know, they have a handful of paintings. I'm like, yeah, they'll look nice on my wall. I'll pay 20, 50 bucks, I don't know. Someone else might walk up and if there's an original Van Gogh sitting there, I probably wouldn't know the difference, right? I would be like, yeah, 50 bucks. They're, those things go for like 80 million. Right? What, what's the difference? They see the value in it. It's the same, we're looking at the same thing, but one sees value and, and one doesn't. Think of also like a, a starving uh, a child in a third world country who, who doesn't know what the U.S. dollar is. They, they're just so remote, they've, they've never seen it. I could go up to them and show them a briefcase of $100 bills. What am I going to do with that paper, Right? Give me some bread. They don't see the value that is being offered them. This is what it's like to have the veil removed, to have the blindness problem fixed, to see glory is to see infinite value. C.S. Lewis puts it like this. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Seen value. I, another thing here, the, the fact that we can even see glory is glory. The, the context that Paul is referring to is Exodus 30, 32 through 34, this story where Moses goes up on the mountain and receives the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments. Now, the first time he goes up the mountain, right, he comes back down and he sees that they've made a golden calf and he breaks them. And God is angry with them. There's a plague. Moses, in the interim there, he pleads with the Lord before he goes back up the mountain. He pleads with God. Listen to what he says in verse 33, 18. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he, the Lord, said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you the name, my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see my face and live. There's death, the ministry of death. Paul's call, Paul calls it the ministry of death. But hear what he says in verse 18. We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, 
we are not consumed. In chapter 4, he makes this point even more clearly. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God, listen, in the face of Jesus Christ. Our eyes are veiled from seeing God face to face and we are not consumed. Why? Because of Christ. Do you see the beauty of that? So seeing this beauty, seeing this beauty, we are changed. That's Paul's point. So that's, that's the second point. Seeing glory, we are changed. To live the Christian life is to continue to see glory. We already saw that our main problem is blindness. Christ fixes that problem by opening our eyes to see beauty, namely himself, the beauty of himself. But we live in this transition phase. He says from glory to glory, right? From glory to glory. Listen uh, to 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. We are between these stages of glory. So you can think of it like this. There, you can think of three stages of seeing, right? Blind and the first unveiling to see glory. Then the continued seeing and then face to face. We have not been fully transformed. We are not seeing face to face now. We are in this transition phase. I, I think of it maybe like an ocean. Um, if you take a, a young child to the ocean for the first time and, and they see the beauty, the grandness of the ocean, for the first time. But think of, you, you, even that little child can experience the beauty and the wonder of the ocean. But as an adult, you can experience it and see it a little more. You can go in, you can swim, you can experience the waves. A marine biologist can study a lifetime of the ocean. You can go down in a submarine. There's, there's levels to this, to this glory. So I, I think of it like that. In this transition phase, we continue to see God's glory. It's not a one-time thing. We must press in. The effect, the effect of seeing glory is the transformed life. So the end goal, the image of Christ, we will one day be transformed from, from glory to final glory. We are one day transformed into the image of Christ, but not yet. We exist in this transition, this interim phase I think sometimes we think of the Christian life as two points, like salvation and heaven. And somehow we're trying to survive. We're trying to wait. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying we can continue to see glory here in this life. And that is how we are changed. This is, and this is what Paul rests his whole argument on for the defense of his ministry, that these people are changed by the gospel that he preached to them. That's how important it is to Paul. Now, what does this change look like? What, what does that actually look like in, in the believer? Look at, look at verse 17. This is right before our text verse here. He says, Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. What does that mean? Well, it means at least two things here. First, it's free to see. We are free. If we're looking at something and we're not seeing what's really there, are we really free? We're not free. When, when God removes the veil, we have freedom to see reality, the reality of God's glory. 
So we're free to see, but we're also free to live. We're free to live for Christ. He has written his law on our hearts. That's the difference between the outward letter, which cannot save because it is outward. It is merely physical, only what we are doing, versus the inward change of the spirit. This gets down to our desires of our heart. Seeing that value, the value in Christ, we can only see it if God changes our heart to love it, to see it, to find that beauty. When we see him, we want to be like him. We want to. That's true freedom, right? Doing what you want is freedom. If I want God, if I see value in God, it's, it's not as if his, his commands are, oh, I got to follow God. I have to do these things. He's saying the more we see him, if we see the beauty in him, then I want to. I want to follow him. I want to be after him. I want to be with him. That's true freedom. The final thing um, I want to say here from this text is that the change, we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. That transformation, this change, is incidental. What do I mean by that? It's not the means or the end. The means and the end of our faith is Christ. I, I want you to see this chain of Christ in, in the text. Christ is the one who opens our eyes. What does he open our eyes to see? Himself. Christ. What is the result of that scene? Changed into the image of Christ. So let me say that again. Jesus opens our eyes to see Jesus so that we can become like Jesus. Where are we in that process? Where are we in that process? Now here's the thing. We're, we're not passive participants. We're the ones seeing. We're the ones looking. So we have an active participation here. So from this, from that, I can, I can call us to see Christ. We need to see Christ. My tendency is to look at myself. I see where I fall short. I see how little I've changed. I don't think the change is fast enough. There's prayers I've been praying for 15 years that I'm, I'm not sure if I've changed in that area. Do you see the problem? I'm looking at myself. My eyes are on myself. Get your eyes off yourself. I'm calling to my own soul. Get your eyes off of yourself and onto Christ. Have you changed? It's the wrong question. It's the wrong question. It's that, that's not the question that this text, that the Bible is, is begging us to ask. The question is, do you see Jesus? Do you see his glory? Do you see his beauty? Do you see more of it? Press in. I think there's, there's two ditches on the side of seeing Christ and seeing his glory and being changed. On the one hand is, I can do it. And on the other hand is, I can't do it. Right? Do you, do you see that? Only Christ can do it. 
I, I have a tendency to, to jump from ditch to ditch and, and, and go from like, I'm going to, um, I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to change myself. I'm going to read Atomic Habits and I'm going to go through all these. It's a good book. Not, not, not a problem with the book. But I'm going to change myself. And then I press in, I go, I go, I go, and then it all comes crashing down. And now I'm on, I'm on this ditch. And I've just jumped over the road from ditch to ditch. And then I, I live here for a little while, downcast, looking at myself. And then I jump back into the other side. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And it's back, it's back and forth. Do you see the problem? I'm looking at myself. Soul, get your eyes on Jesus. Kids become like their parents, right? We are children of God. As children of God, let's watch the Father. Let's observe his love. Let's press in to see more of him. We can be bold to see him because we become what we behold. Let me pray. Father, only you can do this work. I I pray that you give us your spirit to see you. Glorify yourself in us. In Jesus' name, amen.